0: Hello, and welcome to Flying High with Flutter. I am your host, Alan Wyma. Today, I'm with Shady Khalifa, I believe that's how you say your name, who is a Flutter developer and also a Rust developer. And the reason I brought him on the show is to actually talk more about how to integrate Rust in Flutter and also what he's doing with that. So Shady, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself?
1: Hey, everyone. Uh, My name is Shady Khalifa, as Alan introduced me. Uh, I am I am a Rust developer mainly currently. Uh and I worked uh, with uh, integrating Rust with Flutter recently. Um uh we started at Sunshine Foundation, which is like a decentralized foundation for doing uh bounty platform. This is what started uh, all about. Then we uh, we all of my all of our code base was in Rust already. So we needed to integrate it with uh with some of the Flutter uh, as our UI uh, for for mobile application, so we started uh, looking on how to integrate them together, and uh, along the way, I I created uh, some of libraries like Dart Bindgen for the uh, generating Dart binding for your Flutter application uh, from from the Rust functions, and also created uh, some of cool libraries like allo isolate for calling into async functions from Rust into async uh, Dart. Um, So that's it uh, for brief introduction about me. I'm currently working at uh, Edgeware, which is like uh, the blockchain for smart contracts on Substrate. Uh, I'm working mainly uh, on Rust there.
0: So you're not doing very much Flutter anymore?
1: Uh no, uh, like currently the flutter just for my side projects and some freelance work. Uh so uh I am working on a side project co- called Old which is like a casual uh chat application where like you 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 get matched with random people from from internet and start chatting right away. <clears throat> the cool thing about Old uh, Chat is <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, the cool thing about uh, all chat is, is it's in the end-to-end encrypted and uh, it is metadata-free, so your, your privacy is just uh, stays on your phone. But you can easily share it between, uh, between each other in the chat, uh, like you share a message, and it's also it's end-to-end encrypted. And everything is in, in between Rust and the Flutter. Uh, the encryption stuff is just pure Rust, um, and the are is just the Flutter, and. Uh, Along the way, I I learned a lot about how to handle and make a zero allocation uh, things between uh, Rust and Flutter, so it's very fast and very optimal, like the whole application was taking like 15 meg meg of memory or or less while working on this. Uh, Maybe I will talk uh, about this later during the talk, about how to make it more efficient.
0: Okay. So, but how, how did you actually get started into Flutter? Because that's, you know, obviously it seems like you're more of a Rust guy than a Flutter guy. How would you kind of yeah. introduce yourself?
1: Uh, so, I started uh, back then when Flutter, before 1.0, actually, uh, looks like what begs in and, and 2018, I guess. Uh, uh, I was curious about how to build a mobile application. So, I was like uh, jumping around between uh, Android and iOS. Uh, I, I didn't really like how to build the UI because uh, maybe I am because I am back-end engineer. Uh, I'm not really good at building UIs, but what one thing that attracted me in Flutter is just it's e- super easy to build, uh, cool and easy and beautiful UIs using, uh, the Dart. Um, so this is like, uh, what was my first, uh, <clears throat> uh like, what is it you think? The first marketing or saying for, for Flutter and building the UI is very easy. Like composing widgets with each other, and then I started from there <coughs> uh, and uh, started working with ui So this like was was a first step for me, and then uh, I started building some side projects uh, for uh, for uh, for clients when I was working freelance. Uh, one of them just a small social network app, uh, and I don't I don't know if they, if they released it or not because. I was working just for the OI and state management and back then was the state management, just using state state and, uh, uh, and so on. <laughs> no, no really cool things like, uh, Gitx or Riverboard or, or Blockbat Yeah.
0: Yeah. I know there's a, so many choices right now. It's hard to say which one to use.
1: Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, was, was, was started going with Gitx because like was very, very easy to start with. And uh, it was like some of the magic. Just like uh, get the job done first. I actually started uh, with it uh, my application, and then uh, create I will create a new uh, like uh, version of it using block pattern. Because when when is starting get r- getting bigger, I felt like uh, I am not in, in control of how things going, how to handle errors and etc. Just maybe not, not uh, something wrong with Gitx itself. But maybe f- for my lack of knowledge of how to
0: make a solid state management solution. So wait, now you basically use block pattern when you make your apps, is that right? Yes,
1: yes. Uh, I would I would start directly with, with block, pattern, block pattern because uh, it's, it's easier to reason about. It. This is how software works.
0: That's quite interesting because, I mean, I think I only met one other guy who's doing block. I'm also using block, uh, but it seems many people moved on to RiverPod or even Qubit, which is quite interesting.
1: Yeah. Yes, uh, actually I would, I would try uh, RiverBot some day, uh, give it a try, uh, but uh, as you say, everything just it seems equal in, in a small application because maybe in, if, if your application is just two screens, three screens, which is not really interesting, you could go with just set state, it's a built-in flutter uh, state management. There is no need for for external but uh when the app is grown you need like uh, a solid architecture and solid state management and i guess block pattern is one of them uh this is just my opinion because i don't want to start a war of state management here
0: yeah it's always a kind of a controversial question about which is the the better one or which one somebody else should use right Uh, Uh, right the one thing i the one thing i don't see so often is people actually really promoting provider i feel of course, it's promoted by Google, but I don't see a lot of people really going out there and saying, "Yeah, you have to use Provider or whatever."
1: Yeah, I, I guess Block, but block uh, uh, Library starting is built on top of Provider right now. Uh, okay. So you have like Block Provider uh, widget, which is just the same as Provider, I guess, but integrates well with uh, with the Block Pattern itself. So uh, I, I, I also think uh, I also think that Riverboard or other libraries—I never tried it, but. Uh, I, I guess all of them just taking the same architecture as a provider.
0: All right. So, but how did you get into Rust, right? Because Rust is also, I mean, I don't know which one's more popular, Rust or Flutter. Maybe Flutter is uh, considering how it's yes, kind of really is... easier entry. Yeah, it's a really easy entry kind of language, I would say. But mm-hmm. well, what about Rust? Why did you start to start getting into Rust?
1: So uh, Rust for me just was like uh, way back in uh, like two or three years. Uh, I was like uh, studying C++, but I felt it's so hard for me, Uh, and Uh, Ras was like starting uh, getting noticed. Uh, There was uh, this project Servo, and other other cool projects Mozilla is doing with Ras. So I started uh, looking into it. Was just uh, reading the book. I I like two months is reading the book. Just no code, Uh, and I felt like uh, it was like the book is very good to start because it, uh, it has a lot of information. And of course, I was missing a lot of them. So after that, after that I started building small side projects for me. Like, uh, uh, one of my hobbies just reverse engineering current software. So uh, one of my friends, we started reverse engineering uh, WhatsApp application. And started building like a small clone of it, but uh, without uh, with the UI, just a CLI using Rust. And it was very cool, uh, actually. To, to see this. Uh, so most of, most of my projects started as uh, an open source uh, side projects and then I started getting uh, jobs, uh, starting from Sunshine Foundation, where I working uh, with Rust and the Flutter, and then currently in Edgeware, I was working. Uh, currently, I'm working mainly in Rust. Uh, and also, f- all of my side projects, as I said, uh, even the current side project, the whole chat, which I, I guess I will open source soon when I launch it, uh, it is uh, the server is just written in Rust. Most of the components I use in the old chat itself, like the Media Toolkit, which is like a small toolkit for doing uh, image uh, reprocessing before sending it to the server. It's just uh, built in Rust, which is super fast uh, than the native image library in Dart. So it's just uh, worth looking into.
0: Yeah, but Rust is also kind of a very niche language too, because I tried talking to people out here about Rust, and I quite like it. Um, that's how I got to know who you are, and uh, but it seems like a lot of people are just saying, no, it's not for me, I'd rather use C or C++. Not many people are actually looking for Rust people out here.
1: Yeah, it's hard, I I, I agree with you, it's hard starting with Rust, but I guess the, the bending curve is just getting low, as Rust is getting popular, a lot of tutorials, a lot of, uh, books and a lot of things, uh, starting getting, uh, and recently, I guess yesterday, Google started uh, investing in, in Rust, and it is getting into the kernel of the Android. Also Linux, uh, it's getting into the kernel, but only in the the drivers, you know. Uh, so Rust is starting getting popular, and popular as as the big companies are starting using it. Um, so yeah, uh, mostly will in the future. I guess we will find more Rust developers, as we see like the C developers and so on.
0: So. In in Egypt, how about how is the like the, the Flutter community out there?
1: Yeah, there is there is a Flutter community in Egypt. Actually, there is a, like a, a big Facebook, Facebook group uh, called Flutter Egypt, which is like uh, have a lot of people starting uh, <clears throat> learning about Flutter. There is also uh, uh, like uh, intermediate people that have an experience, uh, no experience in programming, and just the starting away uh, learning Dart and uh, Flutter which is good uh, because it's very easy to start with. A lot of tutorials out there. And uh, there's also uh, the people that is working already with Android and iOS platforms uh, have uh, have a good solid principle about mobile development. They also started Flutter and making other people learning Flutter. So there's already a big, and also they like, do a lot of uh, online meetings. Uh, I usually attend them. But yeah, uh, but I guess I'm sure that there is Maybe zero people using Flutter uh, and Rust here in Egypt, (laughs) beside me.
0: (laughs) You think there's zero people besides you using Flutter? Sorry, (laughs) using Rust and Flutter?
1: Yeah, no, I I mean here in Egypt, but I guess somewhere in the world there is Mm -hmm. a lot of people starting using
0: it. Why would you say that, though?
1: Uh, Because uh, Rust is not... Actually, Rust is not very popular here. Uh, Maybe like uh, people that you can, can count on your hand that is already working with Rust. But I know some people are just starting learning rust recently um I have like i am I am mentor for them uh in rust here in egypt uh but yeah they're like st- like rubbing their head around it and you know rust is not the 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 easy language to to learn because it has a lot yeah. of concepts although you you don't really manage the, the memory yourself
0: uh, can you actually kind of give us an introduction to that some of the concepts you think are super important to know about because I think uh, you know, if I'm sure there is people out there who maybe are interested to to probably speed up their program or do something special with something like C, but you know, mm-hmm. I would like for you to kind of yes. give a quick introduction because it is quite different compared to C and C++. Yeah, uh,
1: one one of the selling points, of course, you know, for Rust is just the memory safety, which is like the first thing you uh, all of the big company right now is serving for. Uh, so Rust is has the, the memory safety so. The, the basic concept of the membership, I guess, uh, is the ownership uh, concept or the ownership uh, principle. So y- you must like uh, f- learn how the rules of the ownership uh, works. And once you have this, I guess you, you, most of the RUST programming will be easy. Uh, and I don't say the ownership is just a blocking. There is uh, also the data racing and a lot of things you usually do in other programming language and did, you didn't notice. like. Uh, in, in Java, I guess you can send values between threads and it will automatically have a reference count, of reference count for it. Or Swift, for example. But in Rust, you need to explicitly say that you you need uh, like a reference, uh, atomic reference count for uh, for your data, for example. But uh, aside from that, just learn how the ownership works. Don't fight checker uh, because if you fight the you will you will cry at the end. <laughs> it just, if if you could like just slap clone everywhere and start the make it work then think about how to remove these clones if it is not needed of course uh, uh because usually this is not real, really a big issue for us but uh, once uh once you make it work now you can optimize on it
0: yeah i agree it took me quite some time to, to wrap my head around the borrow check and everything else like mm-hmm. i felt like More than three quarters of my day was just trying to figure out how the heck can I write this simple thing or what I think was simple. Mm -hmm. But after you get into it, it's like, okay, this is pretty easy, and okay. And actually, I kind of feel bad when I do use the clone, but sometimes you have to use clone. No, no,
1: no. It is really, really the 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 smart thing you can do. Just use clone at first. Of course, if you if that structure is just cloning uh, without mutating the data, because if you clone some some data structure. Or some, some struct for example it's totally separate from the original one so you can't clone and disemute it it will it, it, of course it will not mutate uh, the old copy but anyway uh starting with uh, with clones is just the first first thing you can do to make it work uh and even for me after years of working with, with rust i still have some problem with political recently but uh, it's not an issue because. Of course a lot life- lifetime issues you will you will get and when you're writing really uh, uh solid software you will face a lot of issue about this but for simple things just start with clones and make it work then optimize
0: okay it's a good good plan yeah I just feel weird because I know that every time I write clone it's gonna allocate memory and everything else so I always try to be as fast as possible, but Rust is already so fast. Yeah. Because, like, I, I came from a lot of scripting languages, so, like, I know when you allocate memory, it's not good, but I suppose with allocating memory with Rust is much better than allocating with, like, Python or Ruby.
1: Yeah, mostly, because uh, in Python and any other scripting out, you mostly will have, as you see, which is have, like, how how and when to decide to to remove this, this memory you don't need. But in Rust, uh, you know, just, uh, There is no GC, so mostly the values will be dropped when it goes out of the scope. And really, really one selling point for this, just compiler will hint you how to do things. The error message is fascinating. Uh, Steven is doing really good in this, and all the Rust community, of course.
0: So can you give us some more hints and tips and tricks about Rust for people who maybe are are thinking about to, I mean, they may listen to this podcast and say, okay, let me give it a try. Mm -hmm. So... Can you have
1: anything so, for us? One 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 thing I guess uh, is mostly for for, uh, for newbies start, starting with Rust. Just start with the book. It's a really, really good resource. Uh, it is outlines and t- taking you step by step how to how, how Rust and how it differs from other language. So the book is really a good start. Then there is like uh, what's called a Rustling uh, repo in, in GitHub in the Rust
0: uh, uh, repository. Okay, like I want to ask you I want to ask you a quick question sorry to cut you off but you said the book can you explain which book is the book
1: the, the official rust book it's free and open source in, uh, in, in the Rustlang. I guess it's like uh, docs.rustlang.org/ book I guess uh, but anyway anyway it is, uh it's the original it's the original book and is uh, uh, updated when the language changes. So I guess you start off with this, then you can uh, grab off the Rustling, Rustling's repo, which is like a small example uh, in, in, in different things. It takes, uh, you, it takes you about the types, how the syntax, uh, and what, what errors you need to fix. Just a small examples. it is broken, examples, of course, and you need to fix it, and, uh, and it's really, really helpful. It takes, uh, takes you a lot of things around the language, and they make you f- familiar with. If if you completed these two steps, I guess you already know most of uh, of things you need to work and start uh, things. The third step, I guess, is the best thing. If you have an already application written in other language, say uh, uh, JavaScript for example, uh, script in JavaScript, try to uh, convert it to Rust. And of course, you will you will fail at first. <laughs> This is like uh, no no uh, nothing nothing wrong here because you you uh, in Rust you you need to try to wrap wrap uh, your head uh, your your head around the data is just uh, different than the the structure of the data itself so this is the first thing you you will need to do and I guess after doing this you will be very familiar with the Rust syntax and how to build things.
0: Yeah, there's also like some other books that go into some more interesting topics like the. What is it i think there's like a necronomicon or something i can't remember now an yeah this is like
1: this is just like very advanced topics i guess you will not touch them at the beginning at the beginning uh the uh the nightly book i uh, not, not the nightly book. The what do they call it yeah as you said it uh, is very dangerous book about the things that's weird in rust and how to get around this and uh, including me i really rarely go there like to See small things, but I didn't really read all of that, of course, because uh, it is like the rare things you will encounter while working with Rust. It's not like normally you will uh, you will need to look there. And uh, the Async book, of course, if you're starting doing Async thing, things, uh, I would say I should mention that Async Rust is getting, uh, it was MVP, of course, from uh, 2018, and they starting doing a lot of things interesting right now. So if if you have time and you have a story about uh, uh, sync rust and maybe how how do you, how do you do things and struggle with, I guess it's a good uh, time to bring this up to the Rust live uh, team, uh, so they can improve it.
0: Yeah, the thing about the async rust is I feel a little bit strange because you have to actually like pull in a run timer to actually run the async mm-hmm. rust, which yeah. to me this doesn't really make sense. Like. It's like the language is lacking something which they're also trying to promote right so maybe you, <laughs> what's your input on this actually uh so maybe you can, maybe like you can a give a background strange. sorry maybe you can give a background about this because like i'm not getting enough background of course you and i both know what we're talking about but yeah do you
1: mind? Uh, so uh in, in rust there is like you're looking like bare bones so uh language this is like when you really work with bareboard language but it's really really high level and zero cost abstraction but uh, when it comes to uh a runtime for things i guess i i i need to explain first how how sync uh, rust works in in normal languages uh, like javascript you have like the promise and there is an event loop running in the v8 engine so uh this is like a bush based uh Every every time the event loop just uh, push the uh, the promise to the completion, and Rust is like the reverse. I guess it is a ball based. Uh, every time the f- uh, it's called future in Rust, not not promise, but it is could be act the same. And mm-hmm. the the future in Rust just uh, uh, the runtime needs also to pull the future, uh, but it instead it will ask them is is this completed yet, and the future could return either uh value of two it is not ready or just it's ready with the value you ask it for uh, so so basically the runtime is just a, a big event loop that can schedule tasks uh, and every time it will pull it until it uh, to, to complete uh, so in Rust there is no runtime included in the standard library so you need like bring in your favorite runtime and there is a lot of them not a lot like uh the popular theme is just three or two. But, uh, for example, I, I could give two examples or three examples. The Async Standard Library or Async City. And there, there, there is also Tokyo Runtime, which is very popular right now. Uh, and also, there is, uh, like, uh, called the Small Lunt Runtime. And there is also PasteStone. So you you hear it, like, there is a lot of runtimes out there. And you can bring it and customize it, customise it uh, as, you, as you like, uh, so it fits your needs. Which is, like, uh, very good uh, uh, option when you have like a really really high performance application and you need to turn the runtime and the future of it and the synchronous of it. So you could also run your own runtime uh, or or just bring in and customize some some runtime out there.
0: Let me ask you this question: Like, wh- why doesn't the Rust team just create a runtime that everybody uses? Why is it that we have to have all these different runtimes and and why and how do we choose which one we want to use?
1: Mm-hmm. So it is really complicated in this. I guess I have no imp- too much input in this. But I guess one thing it, I, in the future, which I hope, currently you can like switch allocators in in, uh, in the standard library, so uh, or, or your program. For example, if I have like a custom memory allocator that is uh, more efficient than the the system one, uh, you can like for example the GM I don't remember the name GM I guess. So this is like a very popular, uh, and it was the standard one in the Rust standard library before they remove it, remove it and uh, make it a separate crate or a package. So this is like a very neat uh, idea. Like I, I have an, uh, an application which allocate a lot of memory, and I need to optimize it uh, more so I can switch the system one with a custom memory allocator, and uh, it is really good, and it works with, with just one, one line of code without changing anything in your program. So I guess in the future there will be like uh, a way to switch runtimes with uh, a trait defined in the standard library. For example, for it, like back then before uh, Rust MVP, the future trait for uh, which is not included in the standard library. By, by the way, it's included in the core. Uh, it was uh, inaccurate, in called the futures. And then uh, when Rust standard uh, the Async await syntax they added the future uh, to the core of the, of the Rust itself. So the future is just a, tra- a trait that have a method called poll, which will pull will your, f- your, uh, your future until completion. Uh, so I guess my input, uh, the last input in this, in the future, this is like a, a best way to think, o- think about, and there's also like uh, another effort to bring, uh, to make a create called uh, agnostic, which has uh, have like a feature flags so you can uh, you can switch on and uh, without changing your code you can switch between the runtimes and test your code.
0: Okay, yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. I do know that they do that they were looking at opening up the allocators, and I'm sure that that's in is that actually in stable now or no? No, no, it's stable. Sure. You
1: can switch allocators. It's stable.
0: Stable, you can. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you can. Yeah, I think that's pretty recent too, right? I think within within no, six months no,
1: ago or something. No, it is not recent. I guess it's very back then when Rust started. Okay. Uh, one thing cool about this Rust doc uh, document, you can like search about things, and you, you see like in, in in the left corner or the right corner it say a like, stable sense and a Rust version. So it's mm-hmm. real, maybe it's stable from one point I don't remember actually.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, that makes makes some sense now. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, I I think Rust is really like a game changer and mm-hmm. I'm glad that other people are looking at it and the fact that Google is thinking about putting in, well, they're not thinking, they're doing it as far as I understand, right? And they're putting yeah. it into, into Android and also uh, Amazon, right? They built the firecracker and some other things.
1: Yes. And if, um, it, even going to the Linux kernel itself? Yeah, I was going to say next is
0: the Linux kernel is probably the biggest one because everybody yeah. knows how picky how picky linux lin, uh, linus is right so yeah. if if linus is like okay this is good you know mm-hmm. that's just yeah, it must looking... really be good it must really yeah. be good in my opinion <laughs>
1: yes uh, so yeah so hopefully it will start getting out there for everything so besides this we are using it for our small applications to turn things that is really not fast in in dart itself or or uh, or you really need to get as low level as possible. Or or of course, the, the first use case, you already have a code running in Rust and you need to bring it to your mobile application, for example. Uh, so it's like this was my first case. It's not just a performance thing.
0: OK. <clears throat> uh, but now I would like to kind of go back into like the main topic, right? Like mm-hmm. the coolest thing, right? So let, let me kind of like go back to how I kind of found you is that for me, I always was interested in systems-level programming and like low-level programming, and I think Rust is the first language that I really feel okay. I can do this, and not only can I do it, but this is actually a tool that professionals use. And so I kind of feel like a little bit of a of a hacker myself, you know?
1: Yeah, it's and, like a fearless uh, yeah. making uh, making system programming available for everyone, it's just like the solog for uh, for uh, for Rust, of course, so long, uh
0: yeah, I, 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 I totally agree. And and the reason that I'm looking at this is because, like, I think that, you know, there is times when you're going to have to have native performance. Actually, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm actually using Rust in a production product right now. Um, nice. Not, not with Flutter, but with another technology, Elixir. So, like, I'm mm-hmm. pulling in XML files. I'm actually creating PHP files uh, with this. Uh-huh. And I took... Like total process of time, I think went from like ten minutes down to like ten seconds. It's amazing, like wow. the performance I got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really amazing, right? And um, so I can really see the power of this thing. And and, and uh, the reason actually I looked at this was because okay, after that project, I became much more confident using Rust. Mm-hmm. And I got a project in from these from these guys, and they said, hey, we really want to use, we really want a, a desktop Windows application and we think that you can help us. And I'm like to myself, okay, Mm -hmm. I don't really want to write C sharp. Uh, I do like Rust. Um, What if I can create like this stuff using Rust, right? And I started looking Mm at the GUI programming and then I looked back and said, oh, wait a minute. Isn't Flutter, I think around that time actually came out with, was saying, hey, we can actually start doing desktop apps. Yeah. And so I look at that I'm like, yeah, sorry, go ahead. What are you saying? was beta
1: on macOS. Back then, it's now stable. Was uh, yes, well, st- yeah, stabler,
0: right? They still say it's quite beta, but you know, it's... <laughs> yeah. In, in any case, right? So I gave it a try, and uh, the reason, I, the way I gave it a try was I just did searching. I said Flutter and uh, Rust, and two things came up. The first one I think I ran into was actually a, a totally separate project, which is actually all about Flutter and Rust only. They had like their own generator, everything like that. I think it's called Flutter Rust or something. I'm not quite sure. Maybe you've probably seen it before. Flutter Rust? Something like that. I forgot the name of the product now. I think it's Flutter RS maybe.
1: Yeah, Flutter R S. Uh, actually the guy who was working with the Flutter RS was working with me in uh, in Sunshine Foundation. We contributed back to Flutter RS. Uh, it was really? for building Disco application. Uh, but for our use case was uh, uh i guess it's not active i i'm not sure flutter rs is, is still active
0: let me see oh yeah august 20 august 14th how come it became inactive right because it seemed like when i was looking at the stuff it around that time i think it must have been around this time why, why you know like it's to me the thing i didn't quite understand is why is it that you have to use this own template in order to actually use it
1: yeah like you you is it, it has the binding for the engine and the binding for the for other ui binding i guess uh it is not quite active as uh, as much as it was i contributed back to this project i added some some things to it but uh nonetheless uh, i guess it's now easier for such just building the the flutter desktop application than then uh, back then because you back then you will have like getting your embedder or just uh, what is it called i don't I don't remember the name just uh, the shell you need to build your own shell for for hosting mm. the flutter ui uh oh. but now but but now you you it was easy uh now it is easier than than back then
0: is, is that the glfw is that what you do to make yeah, the shell this is,
1: Yeah, this is okay. like the the ui for
0: yeah that makes sense because i i'm trying to look at making video games and i keep seeing this glf glfw keep popping That's up right. so for i took graphics. Yeah. OK. Yeah, so I looked at that one. That one was, was actually, I was thinking about checking it out. But of course, I didn't. And then I ran into your article. Uh, you had two of them. And yeah. the first one was just a basic one, right? Because there's, there's two that I can think of. One is The first one is the, all about how to kind of set up everything from scratch. I forgot what mm-hmm. you did for your project, but it was very simple. But I, I could understand what's going on. Yes.
1: Uh, second one was, was how to get uh, asynchronous Rust to yeah. the synchronous dart. It was, yeah. was really, really not easy for doing so.
0: Well, the first one was, of course, the most helpful because that's kind of really yeah. the beginner, right? And that one was yes. all about add function, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Just doing yeah. add numbers. But it, it brings out there, you can add more and like step by step.
0: Yeah. So, how did you like discover how to do all this stuff? Did you read something or are you just trying things out or what?
1: Yeah. I really read a lot, but not uh, just articles. I to understand well, let's, how. Let's start how, from uh, the ad
0: first, right? I want to talk about yeah. the ad one first, and then we can talk about the async one because that one is, of course, super interesting. But sorry, yeah. let's
1: start from the ad. With with ad first, there, is, was, uh, there is, was already an example how to integrate CFFI with, with, uh, with, uh, sorry, with Dart. Uh, and it was like in the documentation, official documentation with Dart. And then I read, aha, yeah, this is interesting. Uh, and there is also the example of adding two numbers and returning it back. But that you, you will have to write your binding yourself. You will have to uh, doing your stuff, and the, if if you have memory allocation, it's like not not an easy as possible. So uh, I just made a simple example and it worked, it. and the first in the first try because once I compiled Rust and make it uh, work like this, uh, uh, the build an, like a shared library with Rust, I I could load it from Dart and then call a function. But then uh, there is a lot of things that came up. How do I allocate memory? How do I, 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 I freeze this memory? I already have an, uh, some experience with FFI between C and, uh, and Rust. So I thought like uh, Dart just like an interface w- to C, so it could also work with Rust. And the same, inter- the ser- the same uh, tools I used uh, for doing between C and Rust, uh, I could also use it for between Rust and Dart. And uh, and it worked uh, like uh, generating header files from from Rust to to the C header file. It, it is already there. Like the C, there is a library called C binding, and um, but the the cool thing how how I could take this header file and generate uh, a Dart binding from it without doing this manually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, that's how, how it came to Dart binding itself.
0: Yeah, I remember when I did it. I used the C bind gen. Actually, I don't know if you remember, but I was the one who who created an issue about the LLVM stuff. Um, oh, if, that was me. I don't know if you I don't know if you remember that, but that was me. Nice. So I had an issue with it. So I ended up just using C bind gen, and that just worked out of the box. It it was it yeah. was it was great. Uh,
1: and and the Dart uh, stuff it's now deprecated because back then there was no uh, tool to generate. Uh, uh, Dart binding between C, and then there is this, this people from Google t- or, or Dart team uh, uh, said that they w- would uh, make uh, a tool, and they actually con- uh, emailed me about uh, their tool, and how, 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 do, how I feel about it, and uh, I, uh, I should give it a try, actually. And it worked, like, uh, actually, uh, if I bind, if I gen, it's better than uh, Dart binding now, because one thing just uh, get a lot of maintenance from Dart Team itself. And when they update Dart FFI, they also will update uh, FFI Gen, which is uh, uh, a tool for doing the same job as Dart Dart by Engine itself. So I just, uh, uh, okay, I guess I will deprecate Dart by Engine in favor of uh, use the official one from Dart Team
0: itself. So that one's called the FFI Gen, right? Yes, yes, from Dart You team. know what's. You know it's funny, I just looked it up right now. It's actually using basically the same Yes. The, the same, same thing ADF. that you did. Did they steal that yes. from you or was or was it you stole from them or or what?
1: No, I I I built Art by Gen uh before they built uh FFI gen.
0: Um because so they copied your moving. example then? Because their example is the int, is the summary is the sum function. That's why I'm asking.
1: <laughs> because uh sum function just a common example. Uh when you're doing something uh interesting between FFI, just you start with with the add function.
0: Oh, why not just multiply or, or, or subtraction?
1: Maybe, uh, but uh, the add function or any just thing related to numbers, there is no allocation. So they don't bother you with allocations or memory management. Because memory management between FFI is really hard. You need like be careful about this. Because once you uh, write unsafe rust, just, there is a lot of uh, compiler checking just unlocked. Uh, So you need to be careful uh that's why i created a lot of libraries like the allo isolate for example choose to to take care of all this like you give it the value you want or the future you want and it will uh will do all all the memory management for you
0: oh yeah actually um so i want to talk about two things but i guess we should probably stick along with with your tutorials first and then we can talk about this later on now you I guess it also is with your second tutorial, right? So the second mm-hmm. tutorial was really so powerful to me, like, yes, uh, because actually the the way Dart, the way Dart and um, <clears throat> how do I say this, the way Dart works is very different. Um, it's similar to what I usually use, which is Elixir or Erlang, yeah. And the fact that they have this kind of actor pattern, right, with these yeah, isolates. isolates. Yes. Yeah, isolates. isolates are so strange, but, you know, like, maybe why don't you just introduce what you did? Because to me, that was mm-hmm. really powerful.
1: Yeah, uh, so first thing first, we have uh, our our app, app or just Rust application, which is has an Async STD or, or Tokyo Runtime. And we, we are using uh, Async Rust all, all the way down to the, the lowest stack we have. So now I need to use this. In, in our Flutter application. And if you know uh, the last I sync, or anything sync and when you give it a value, you need to await uh, or just block until the value get bad. But now, what is the benefit from a sync then? If I have to, to block the current thread to wait until the value I get it, now, uh, what is the value of uh, using a sync in the first place? Just use sync, call, sync calls. Uh, so I needed to think about this, uh, how, how do I do uh, a call, and then back after, after I, I do this call, when the future resolves, or, or in JavaScript terms, when the promise resolves, I get a notification, or just I get a value back. So uh, there is no articles for, for this, or was almost no documentation, and no examples for doing uh, sync calls. Uh, there was uh, some of GitHub issues around this, and I started getting hints, and I actually interesting thing uh, interesting about uh, building asynchronous. Uh, you need like binding between your ffi and the Dart VM itself, and this is like a separate thing from the Flutter engine. So the Dart the Dart VM has this function called uh, Dart underscore post C so C uh, ABI I guess. And this function takes what's called a port number and a value Uh, And what is a port number? It's just uh, a number that is uh, not really a port or a network port Think of it like uh, you have a map between uh, a number and a function to execute when you get this number from the map Okay? This is like the simplest thing you can, but it's complicated than, than that Because to understand how it works, I really that we loaded the, the dart vm code and start looking and how how it works and it, there was a lot of c plus abstractions there
0: wait so you actually start digging through the the dart vm to really get an idea about how you can create this? yeah
1: yeah of course and because it was really interesting because when you send value over this port number the value is getting copied and now i need to understand do I need to free my value after sending it, or just wait until call a function to free uh, the value it received it? So I need to, to know how uh, the, the ownership between the values, and there is almost no documentation about this, and no examples. So I start digging into the VM itself, and see how, how the value is received, how it is uh, uh, sanitized. It's like a, uh, the value, of course, is just a big union, a big C union, it has a different variant. Every variant has a, a type, like you send like uh, a number, a string, a vector of bytes, for example, everything. And I started this allo isolate project, just a library, where you can like uh, you, you you can use it to send values over isolates to Rust. So the first thing you need to do just start a, a separate isolate which isn't. Uh, is, is a different isolate than the main, main isolate, which is like a different thread than the main thread. So you don't really block the UI. and then in this isolate you send values between Rust and uh, and Dart, and it works like magic between them, because it uh, takes care of all of C stuff and binding between VM and Rust.
0: So for your for that plugin, right, you create a separate isolate that all the code runs into, so. What's the relation between isolates and like threads? This is like difficult for me mm-hmm. for me to wrap around.
1: Yeah, uh, the threads can actually in in, in language like Rust threads can share memory between them. Like you can have a a, a memory uh, in the main thread, and you for for example you have two threads running. You can have uh, the, this memory shared between those two threads, and both of them can write to this memory. And uh, of course this will require looking, like, you look the memory before reading or before writing to it. Uh, But in in, in Dart, because managing memory and uh, data racing between two threads is hard, and of course this is, like, very, uh, maybe, very advanced uh, topic for a mobile developer to managing threads, because uh, it's, like, low-level, for example. So they they have this concept of isolates, which is, like, uh, a separate... VM, isolate, or separate. Think of it as a separate thread, but you can't share memory between this and main thread. So the variables declared in the main thread is not accessible from the isolate itself. It's like a different thing. And to, to share memory between them, you you do this by message passing. You will have the, every isolate have its own port, or it's a, like a channel, and you send a message to this channel and uh, in the port, uh in this in this isolate you will receive the value and you can also send back uh, to the main thread or the caller this actually work as a web web workers if if you work with them web worker have the same mechanism
0: yeah but this is basically how how like the actor model works right
1: yes yes Sh- sharing okay. memory by 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 message passing
0: well not really exactly. sharing memory right you're just copying you're sending a copy over right yeah
1: co- a copy. yes a copy. Yeah. uh in, in our case to optimize things, I guess, uh, in Allo isolate, I'm I sharing pointer between between them, which is very unsafe, I I, I, I I should admit. It's very unsafe to share just the pointer, and I can drift this pointer from the dark side. But this is like way way better to optimize things, uh, uh, and I don't really advise people to use it. I market this function as unsafe. But yes, uh, sharing, uh, sharing memory without copying is... Uh, it's like, dangerous, but, yeah, uh, you need, like, a very good VM to say that if, if this uh, memory is not accessible anymore in, in the main, uh, main thread, why not just uh, have, like, it moved away to the isolate itself instead of, uh, of keeping it in the main isolate and to copying it? Maybe there's, like, a lot of uh, magic happening there to make it optimize, optimized.
0: But uh, sorry, I I think I asked the question, but maybe I didn't get a clear answer, maybe I missed it. But what's the relation between an isolate and a thread within the VPN?
1: Yeah. Uh Okay. I I guess I could simplify this. I, as I said, it is it could be considered the same. But uh, in in Dart there is uh, two two thread balls. One one called an IO thread ball, which is uh, a ball that is running of uh, multiple threads for. TCP connection, for example, doing HTTP calls, for example, mm-hmm. application, uh, reading files, everything is related to IO. there is a, a separate pool for it. And there is also, uh, a, 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 which is the main thread, it has uh, the main event loop, which is executing your future and everything. So if you created a new uh, isolate, you will actually create a new event loop for a separate from the, 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 one, the, the main one. Mm-hmm. So basically like creating a small VM, I besides see, see. the main one but it's it's okay. not really not really that heavyweight just a lightweight EVM uh lightweight uh
0: VM sorry okay so that thread pool okay all right i understand how it works now this is like extremely similar to elixir and erlang is that you have they had this idea of schedulers and so what they do is they start up one scheduler per core you have on your machine and also a separate bunch of schedulers just for io and every time you have a process that'll be running on some scheduler and you don't know which one it is. So the isolate sounds very much like a process in Erlang Elixir and the scheduler sounds a lot like uh, what you call the threads, right? Or thread pool. Uh, but of course each thread would be a, a separate one. So it's quite, it's quite interesting how well this actually maps and I can totally understand how this thing can scale because like WhatsApp, which runs on this kind of system is just scales like crazy. Nice. It's like 2 million people on one server. hmm
1: one thing i guess as a flutter developer you actually don't really need to create your eye I- your own isolates like you rarely need to create more than the main thre- main thread or the main isolate for for your flutter application to run but if you do like for example you have a, a very uh, function that could block the main uh, thread which will, of course will block your ui better just use uh, use another thread uh, sorry another isolate and there is like this neat uh, function inside the Flutter framework itself. It's called compute. It takes a function that runs and the parameters for it, and it will run it off the, the main isolate, an answer isolate, for example. And then it will bring back the, the response as, as usually calls the main function itself. This is like really neat function I used a lot in my application. Uh, for example, when resizing pictures, or doing a compression for the picture or the image you're sending, or for example, processing a video. Of course, you don't really need to do this in the main thread itself, because it will block the UI. So uh, you better running it off uh, another uh, isolate. Uh, and the easiest way to do so, just use the compute function from the uh, Flutter framework itself. What's the name of this function called? Compute, called compute, like, actually,
0: compute <laughs> Okay, I've never heard this before. Compute property from the foundation.
1: Yes, uh, it takes like a callback to call in another uh, another uh, sorry another isolate and uh, a message which is the, the parameter to this function, and it would t- would return back uh, the value.
0: So this will actually turn on a, a separate isolate, do your work, and then come back to the main thread. Is that what you're yes. saying? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. All right. Wow, okay, this is really interesting. I'm actually, well, actually I don't have anything too powerful to, to run, but uh, yeah. this is pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I, I just mentioned some of use cases for this, but yes.
0: Okay, <laughs> so this is like basically abstracting the idea of the isolate and message passing. You have all that basically within one function that anybody yeah. can use. And very easy to, and convenient to use. And there is also
1: this uh, yeah, this you. library, I don't remember this name, it has like uh, called an isolate pool, which will create like uh, for, 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 for isolate, for example, in the background. And it's starting like a work-stealing uh, mechanism where like, uh, you submit tasks to the isolate pool to start working on them, and uh, and the, like, the idle isolate will start stealing tasks from the queue you have. And it's like really powerful when you're doing maybe for example, bunch resizing of AMX or, or just uh, you have a lot of files you need uh, to convert it, to convert them to BDF for example. This is like really really powerful when you really do uh, heavy heavy CPU work. But for just uh, I/O work, there is no really need because you already have like the VM already
0: have a thread pool for it. How do you select, like, what if you have something that is a very heavy I.O. Like, how does, can you actually select which type of thread you want to run on or which thread pool to use, or is it that the dark VM will schedule that based on what it can see in the isolate yeah, or
1: what? Yeah, it's like all, all, all abstracted, uh, but uh, you basically, you can create your own isolate and uh, and then post messages to it uh, and to get the get uh, result back. So what I, what AlloIsolate actually do is just uh, when you need to call into Rust, they have like this called, what's called? In, 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 in Dart, there is what's called a future and and what's called a compilator. A compilator basically can wrap a, a function or a wrap a call, and it has like a, a complete function with the value or just error, with, with the error value, for example. Similar to the future, actually. So, what, what I do is just have a compilator with the expected type I, uh, that's could gonna be returned from the Rust side And then, uh, from this compilator, I create a port, just a, a raw port for, from the Dart VM itself, from Dart And then, send this port and the compilator itself to the, to the to Rust And then Rust in, can uh, actually do the asynchronous work And then, when it is done, it will post the value back at this port uh, and I guess the misconception about ports here, it is not really a, a network port, as I said in the first, uh, it's just, uh, imagine it like a hash map or a map between a port number, just a number, and a function to call once this port getting it, so it will be called with the result. So it's just a, just to, to, to clarify what a port is.
0: Okay. Um, I do have one question, right? Now that you're talking about this completer and future stuff. hmm I get kind of confused, like sometimes I need to use a completer, sometimes I get a future. And then I do say you can create a future with a constructor, but at the same time, you can also just mark a function as async and then you have to actually say it's a future yes. coming back. How, mm-hmm. Wow, this is so confusing to me. Maybe you can help me to understand, like, yes, what's uh, going on over here?
1: <laughs> <laughs> OK, uh, one thing just uh, about this, if you uh, mostly and for if like 90% of your of your uh, sync Dart will use uh, f- just mark a function as a sync and it will return a future and you good good to go. But when you have like <clears throat> when you need to, to return a future itself, like from a, a synchronous function or a synchronous function, you need just to return a future, not to return a value that is resolved from a future, which is like a different thing. And when you need to return a future that is resolved to the value. Uh, so that's uh, where you need, like, uh, to have the compilator. You create a compilator, just a, like a constructor for, for the future, as you say it, and give it like, uh, this, is a this is the value and this error, and here is the future, and it is returned from my function. Then the caller will await for the future from this compilator, and it has it has no, nothing to do with, uh, with using the, the sync call itself. So the basic answer. If you need to return a future, not the value itself, you could use the compilator. And uh, to return a future, just use a sync uh, modifier for the function itself.
0: OK, OK, I think I got it.
1: I, I made some example in isolate for example, uh, to doing so. And we have an like, entire repo running uh, Flutter application using this technique between isolate and uh, and, uh, and Flutter compilator. Sorry, Dart computer.
0: Do you think that Dart, that Dart team will actually start to bring more rust in because, I mean, you see that people are starting to use it a lot more now?
1: You mean like bring uh, rust inside the the Dart itself or just add example for it?
0: I think maybe they're trying to push FFI a little bit, right? Or at least they definitely yes. want people to use it because they've been working on it for a long time. Like, Do you mm-hmm. think that they'll just eventually just say, hey, uh, you know, let's actually have some dedicated like tutorials about how we can bring uh, Rust in or we can actually make it more official because it seems like all the code that they, all the examples that they all have is all about C and C++.
1: Yes, I I guess in the future, because you know, there is an, operat- an entire operating system Google is working on called Fuchsia, which is, has its own UI uh, built in with Flutter and Dart. Like, so Dart is just a- maybe the Dart is the main language for, for FUSH itself. And uh, for the back-end language or the low-level language, there is a C++, there is Rust. And I guess there is also C, but I don't, I don't really know. But uh, Rust is one of the support language. And of course, there is Dart. So there is, like, th- of course, there is will be example how to interact between them uh, in the FUSH itself wh- wh- when Google like pushing for it.
0: I got another question for you. What do you think about, um, well, I lost my train of th- OK, actually, this is what I wanted to ask you. So Flutter, or sorry, Dart actually already compiles to native code. Like, what's the point to even bring in Rust if, it, if Dart's basically already native, right? Like, what is the benefit?
1: Mm-hmm. So as, as I said, uh, one, one, one thing you need to consider when, you, when using Rust inside uh, your, your Flutter application or Dart application, it's just, you have already an ecosystem there, or you have already an app that's running Rust. For, for, our, for our case, there's already an... Our application, or the back end for our application is just Rust. So we need to bring that inside the Flutter app. That's why we consider this. But nonetheless, Dart uh, is so fast. Uh, it's considered fast because it's compiled to the native code itself. Uh, but as, as I said, Zach, there is a difference between, between things here. Uh, in, uh, the simple answer: Rust doesn't have a garbage collector. Uh, there is no auto, auto uh, memory management, and it's like zero cost abstraction. So whenever you do uh, using traits uh, using and using uh, structs and enums, for example, and the feature for us, of course, this will compile down to as uh, efficient as possible machine code. But in Dart. I guess there is none of, of that. It has already a garbage collector, which is good garbage collector. And of course, the abstraction is not zero cost uh, because it's like some sort of dynamic language. But uh, as I said, there's a difference between the same program written in Rust and written in, in Dart. Although they both compile to the, the same machine code, uh, sorry, compile to the machine code, but the, the generated code will, of course, differ between the language. Uh, Dart it, had, it has its own compiler, uh, but Rust uses LLVM, which uh, a, a whole new level uh, of uh, compiler inter- infrastructure that is used by Clang, for example.
0: Okay, so actually, although it's compiled natively, it's actually still using a VM underneath to run. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, not not
1: not like a VM, just could be uh, a small a subset of VMs that you are using or things that you are using. But uh, in general, uh, there is a lot of abstraction there. And of course, there is a cost for this abstraction. Like they say, for example, if you are using a function that returns a widget inside your your, uh, Flutter widget tree, this is not efficient as just using the widget itself. Uh, So you see there, there is a lot of things that's coming out uh, about this.
0: Do you think that FFI became any better now that Flutter 2.0 came out? Was there any benefits inside of Flutter 2? Yes,
1: uh I, I really believe in, in FFI and Flutter will uh, will boost Flutter to the moon. <laughs> uh there is um uh, there is this this uh library called Win EBI 32 which you can like building uh, your Flutter application to interact directly with Windows EBI's, and there is also of course, there is, will be, in the future, binding to the native uh, libc uh, calls So you can just, instead of uh, using, uh, writing your own functions in, in C and then binding it to, to Dart There will be already a package just like bind, binding for it directly And you can call the native uh, libc, library, libc calls from your Flutter application itself or your Dart application and one thing, I guess, in the future will be, will change, and this is pretty soon, uh, they are looking for building an HTTP server for, for, uh, for Dart, so you can use Dart in, in the back-end, and they are looking for using FFI for that. Uh, so your HTTP server itself is written in C and C++, for example, uh, and you will have a Dart binding between it and your... Uh, you can like, build a, a back-end application in Dart too and i i guess i want one thing to add here about the http server the optimal thing you can use just use an http server for it like on hyper hyper rs uh it, which is including the F- cffi right now in in review uh and it's already added to curl command line
0: <clears throat> really okay yeah
1: so it has yeah, curl has a, a hyper backend right now to support http to and rust, rust tls to support uh, better uh better tls uh, than open ssl but of course it, yeah. it has like two backends
0: yeah what, what what actually happened i do remember this that there was kind of a big deal that curl was pulling in rust now for the tls yes so yes. is that because of like things like heartbleed that they wanted to kind of stay safe or, or what happened yes
1: this one one of things that like they uh closed a lot of bugs and closed a lot of issues about uh memory bugs in, in, in OpenSSL uh, when using CRUST-TLS, for example. So you see like there is a lot of things pushing Rust uh,
0: to the mainstream uh, tools we already use. OK. Um, I know we kind of a little bit one over time, but is there anything that you wanted to kind of talk about uh, before we kind of start to wrap up?
1: Yeah. Um, I guess last thing I could do, uh, say, uh, say about uh, Rust and the Flutter, just there is a lot of... Uh, of, of of jobs about trust, always there. So it is not uh, as as they as they said. If you learn it, at you will not get a job. <coughs> get a job in Rust, but I would say no. Uh, there is uh, a lot of people uh, uh, requiring Rust job. So better learn it now. Uh, using Flutter with Rust is uh, is a good way to optimize your <coughs> optimize your Flutter application. For example my use case was has uh, I used uh, the, the Dart native library called image and it was not that as fast as Emag uh, library in rust so i made a binding between them and i open sourced it uh, in the old chat repo uh, So i guess that's it uh, I hope everyone learned something today
0: You know what i was thinking of recently like i was thinking i, I when i did this app i told you about before i, I made a version for mac and a version for windows what I was thinking is now that Flutter Web is also like production, like what if you can use Rust to also export a WASM file and somehow link that in, so that way you kind of got everything with one language.
1: Yes, this is actually a, a good way, uh, and I I I I need to try it because currently Rust uh, pushing a lot of for WASM, and there is a lot of application out there using uh, Web Assembly for uh, for 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 posting. Uh, Including my company, I work with WASM and Rust. Uh, so there is uh, this tool called WASM Bindgen, which will generate a JavaScript binding for for your Rust functions. You can call from. Uh, also, will generate TypeScript binding for you too. Uh, so one thing uh, to do so, just use uh, use Rust uh, to write your WASM and generate a JavaScript file for it using WASM Bindgen, for example, and uh, then from Dart uh, web, I guess you can call any JavaScript function that's loaded inside the browser itself. So I guess this, there is a way to call uh, from, from Dart in JavaScript, and then from JavaScript to, to WASM. There is an overhead, of course, but uh, hopefully this like, uh, Dart compiler will, will uh, compile for optimized JavaScript, so there is no really overhead here.
0: Yeah, that that would be pretty cool. I think that you can write kind of your native fast code in Rust and export yeah. to everything, and then with Dart able to also run everywhere. It's like wow, what, you got everything you need. Right, so you got a beautiful UI, and you got your fast stuff. I mean, it's always hard to get the two at the same time, but this would really yes, be worth this it.
1: This is like this is, what is, what is my recommendation for anyone wants to build a good UI uh, in everywhere and a good performance and the safe languages just use dart and rust for for that and of course not everything just written yeah, in rust you so. can like your base lo- business logic in rust and binding it to dart and write your bird for ui yeah I, I
0: i also agree with the same um again i don't want to take up too much of your time i know you're a busy guy uh let me just i want to ask you this is like my final question so usually i ask about state management but that is already clear right that you like to use Block. And you can think about using uh, uh, RiverPod, etc. But now, that I think my last question would just be, as somebody who's been using Flutter for some time, do you have any tips or tricks for beginners, and also any warnings for them, too, as they're starting to, to get along on their journey with Flutter?
1: One thing, I guess, just build your app as, as you as you want. Like, Don't care too much about the file structure. Uh, because a lot of flutter people are scaring how to structure my application, where to put, uh, do you, should I use MVC, for example, or just use any other pedagraph for for building mobile application. Just don't think about this uh, as much as the beginning. If you are starting building your application, just write your code um, and make it work, and and see, see if your result just and your concept is working as you imagined. Uh, implementing your UI first of course uh so that's it uh, of course and then just optimize uh, your workflow and then move things around as you as you see uh so for me i i built all chat at first using just everything uh in small files and then i uh, using GitX to make a proof of concept for my application because i was building the back end and the front end at the same time so i need to to make sure everything is working as as i i, uh, I attended and then uh I, I as i said i I'm moving back to make everything optimized now uh like building the the ui and the state management using block instead of gtx uh or riverbot if i uh, i see anything new about it uh, so this is my advice for everyone uh, just starting build the thing that you imagine and then later optimize it. It's like the rule number one for software.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, is there anything that you want to plug uh, before we sign off? Like maybe the company you're working at or, or your projects that you're working on or anything like that?
1: I didn't, I didn't really uh, talk much about the work uh, at the first, but uh, currently I'm working in, uh, in the blockchain uh, ecosystem. With Rust and uh, other tooling, WASM for example, and Web. So, uh, my current project I am working on called Web, which is uh, a lot of things actually. For one of them, just a crypto mixer. So, so you can do mix crypto between uh, your crypto uh, in the mixer itself. Maybe, I guess you don't have much idea about it, and uh, really it's hard to explain. <laughs> but uh, nonetheless if if you if you see for example Bitcoin, of course everyone know, knows Bitcoin when you send a transaction between a, one account to another account, this transaction is recorded in the blockchain and everyone could see this guy send this guy one one bitcoin for example uh, in in web, what we are trying to build it is not really Bitcoin it's just different different thing but the real idea about this: I, I put money in the mixer, and then I could withdraw this money from, uh, from the mixer. And the transaction that happens in the, in the blockchain itself, you don't really know which money is which, uh, and you can't see the, the transaction goes through, and that's how you mix the, your core crypto. Make it harder to, to track, actually uh this is not just for for okay, for I mixing the crypto itself there is already uh, a governance a decentralized governance co- could use this to vote for things there's a lot of use
0: cases it's pretty cool yes and everything just okay shady and um,
1: and and, uh, and wasm. okay
0: okay uh again thank you so much for your time we went a little bit over time i hope i didn't cause any problems for you i think it's about f- 5 p.m. for you right now, 5-something. Um, mm-hmm. It's great having you on here. I think I would love to have you back to talk more about what you learned about the Dart VM because that's super interesting to me, like how the whole thing works if you if you have some yeah, time yeah. or if you're interested in that. We could talk about that, so feel free to reach back to me if you have something you want to discuss. I'm more than happy to have you back on because I think you know, I love what you do. I'm also interested in Rust. I also use Flutter all the time, so This kind of stuff is very interesting to me and i think it's also interesting for the community to also know about thank you so much Mm -hmm. for sure thank you too see you next time have a good day bye